This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Man, I'll tell you what, I am excited to be in church today. I'm excited of, of what, why we're at church today and what we're celebrating this week. And as you turn to Matthew 21, we're going to begin reading. I'll be reading out of the NLT version. Is anybody here today? Say amen. amen. Praise God. My, I'll get my readers this week instead of Tim's. All right. Is everybody there? Say amen. In Matthew chapter 21, it says, As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the, to the town of Bethphage. And Bethphage is right by Bethel. That was about, uh, let's say about an, a mile from the temple. So they were about a mile from the temple uh, there in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them ahead. He said, go on ahead. And he said, go into a village over there. And as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with the colt beside it. And if you notice there, that speaks of Jesus' divinity and his ability to see into the future and that that he was God in the flesh. So he saw this. He said, untie that and bring them to me. If any man asks, what are you doing? Just say, well, the Lord needs them and he'll immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble. He's riding on a donkey. He's riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did. Everybody say did. Did as Jesus commanded. They brought, notice another action, they did. And they brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw, I want you to underline this in your Bibles, they threw their garments over the colt, and then Jesus sat on it. Most of the crowd then began to spread their garments on the road. In other words, they took their jackets off, Some, uh, uh, if they had any type of a wrapping or whatever they had, they took that off and they laid it down on the road. Uh, Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the tree. And some of you guys, how many got your palm branch today? You you need that today in the service. They had their palm branches, and they cut them uh, off the trees, and they spread them on the road. I want you to see this next point. It says, Jesus was, read that with me, Jesus was in the center of, of the profession, of the procession. And the people all around him were shouting. They were shouting, praise God for the son of David. Blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. And the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. And they said, who is this? Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth that lives in Galilee. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the anointing that's on your word. And Lord, I thank you for the anointing to preach and proclaim your word today. And Lord, I thank you that your word is going to be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. 
Lord, I thank you that you sent your word today to heal those that are in disease. Lord, I thank you you sent your word to set people free today. Lord, I thank you that, to, that your presence is always with, with us. But God, I thank you that there will be and there is a manifested presence of God in the house today. Lord, I thank you that this is your house and these are your people and that you are in the house in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I want you to think about this. When the fullness of time had come, God's hands of time, they finally reached their mark and they locked into place. I want you to think in God's timetable. When the fullness of time came, we're talking about the God with the plan of the ages. This just just didn't happen by happenstance. The God of this ages, it's like the eternal clocks of the Lord. When When the fullness of time had come, the clock struck noon. You think Cinderella was a big deal. I'm telling you, this is a bigger deal. When the clock struck that that time in history where where, where the prescribed destination of God's plan for the ages had hit, God sent His Son born of a virgin, born under the law. Brothers and sisters, 400 years before Zechariah prophesied of this great day that, that we're starting off this week, this is the reason the church is here. Today's Palm Sunday, amen? This is the biggest week of what we stand for and what we're committed to and, and what we give our lives to. This is the week. All living substance and, and living matter cooperated with his plan. It was intentional. You know, th- this week I, I was sleeping one night. I guess we sleep at night. And, and, and I saw, I dreamed about this scripture. I dreamed about the scripture. And how many's ever seen Gladiator when, when, when he's starting to die and, and he gets real focused and the crowds are gone and he's running his hands through the wheat? How many know what I'm talking about? And he's running through his hands through the wheat and he doesn't even know that he's in the Colosseum and he doesn't even know, but, but, but something's happening. This week when I dreamed and, and I was thinking about the triumphal entry of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's like every Everything came to a focus. And and the Lord showed me that the hands of time were now speaking. And God's plan was being set into motion. And and God showed me that how the disciples, it's like every living person, every living matter, every rock, every tree, every animal, every person had to come in line with this plan of the ages. And as those guys walked in and they said, it shows the divinity of God where he says, go into the city. Think about this. Go into the city and and walk up and go to this place and go to this street and there's going to be a donkey tied there. I'm telling you, Jesus had a plan. There's going to be a donkey tied there. Unloose that donkey and and when that guy says, what are you taking my donkey for? You just say the Lord needs it. Now isn't that weird? What if somebody walked up to your house? I was thinking, uh, what if I was sitting in my sunroom reading my Bible and somebody walks up and gets in my truck and puts the keys in my truck and begins to turn it on and begins to put it in reverse? I'm telling you, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go outside and say, hey, what are you doing in my truck? What are you doing turning my truck on? And then, and then he would say, Oh, the Lord needs it. And I'd be like, okay. And go, okay. And go back to what? It's because God is in control. God had a plan. 
And I in and slow motion in this dream, I, I saw the disciples do it. In this dream, I literally had a dream. I saw their hands in slow motion go around the, 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 the harness and begin to lead, lead that horse to the place. I saw them go before the Lord and take their garments off and begin to bow as they were putting the garments on the colt. I saw that in a dream this week. And it was all so focused. It was all so clear. It was all so precise. Done with such a precision. Because God had a plan. The king at last had come. He came into his own the week of Passover, which we celebrate, has now become a coronation week. Though he was crowned with thorns and though the cross became his throne, this was the week of triumph. Somebody say amen. Though it ended with pain and death, it was a conqueror's pain, a hero's death. And as the commander gives his life, leading his troops into battle, and by this commander's daring courage, he saves the day for the country and wins his undying fame. So did the captain of our salvation ride through this very day. This is the greatest week of history. Somebody give the Lord a hand praise. This is the greatest week I don't even think we understand the significance of the triumphal entry. I don't think we can comprehend that. What does it really mean to us? What did that mean to Jesus? Imagine Alexander the Great coming back from battle. And all the confetti flying and everybody uh, seeing that. Maybe imagine Chicago when the Cubs brought home the pennant. Somebody say, yeah. Everybody shouting, coming out of their businesses. They said there were millions down down in Chicago, like 7 million. There were millions of people down in Chicago as the Cubs brought back the pennant. Maybe we need to imagine Alexander the Great as, as he was conquering the lands. And back in those days when they conquered the land, they brought people in. They brought the king. They would always keep the king alive that they conquered. Maybe we can think of that where that king's sandals are broke and the gold's been ripped off of his neck. And you can tell that this defeated foe is being marched through a procession and everybody's yelling and all the spears and the helmets of the enemy and all the gold and the silver and the spoils of the land, there's wagon after wagon after wagon as they walk in as a car. Maybe that can make us see it a little bit. Maybe it can. But oh, I tell you what a contrast. What a contrast. What a contrast. Our hero took your pain, took your sin, and you are his spoils today. You that have been lame, now walk. That is the coronation. You that have been blind and, and deaf and, and without life, you're the, you're the one that this victor went and got. You that needs healing, you that had a broken heart, this is the procession I'm talking about. It's such a contrast. We are the spoils of this great triumph that our king did this week. This is a powerful week for the church. This is a power. This is what we're about. This is what we're all about as a church. The great coronation for all the ages 
It began with his disciples. Look at Matthew 21, 7. It says they brought the donkey to him and they threw their garments over the coat. I want you to see it started with the 12. This great coronation, this great triumphal entry, it started with 12. The disciples did it. They threw their garments. Along this pathway, the poor in spirit began to cry out, saying, Hosanna, save us, O now. Verse 8 says most of the crowd spread their garments. They joined in on the road ahead of him. And others cut branches from the trees on the road. Brothers and sisters, there were people believing and there were people taking part. But mind you, there are also scoffers. They're also saying, who is this? What are these people in such an uproar? Do you know that Hosanna, where it says, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. How many know what Hosanna means in the original meaning, what it means? It means save us, but it doesn't just mean save us. It means save us now. Save us now. Save me Right now, not tomorrow, not next week. Save me now. You know, these scoffers were probably saying, who are these people? Save me now. I don't need saved. You know, you see the world. You can tell by church attendance. You can tell by people where people's hearts are and where their values are and what they put their money to and what they put their time to and what they put their efforts to. You can see, you can see where people have their hearts. Where is your heart today? Where is your heart? There are people that scoff and say, I don't need the Lord. I've got my money. I've got my job. I've got my security. And they give the Lord just these little bread pieces. But I'm telling you that the the first point where it says that they took their cloak off and they laid it on that colt. It says the people took their coats off and laid it on the ground. The Lord spoke to me and he said, that means lordship. That means lordship. A lot of people are saved and they're going to make heaven, but a lot of people have not made Jesus Lord. You've made him savior. You said, save me. I don't want to go to hell. Uh, Maybe you had a, a tough situation. Or something hit you that was very difficult that got your hiney back in church. That got your hiney back looking for God. Let's keep it real. Things happen when when there's no storm. Nobody knew where Jesus was when there was no storm on the boat. When Jesus was on the boat and there wasn't a storm, nobody knew where Jesus was. But immediately when they were stormed, the storm came, everybody's like, where's Jesus? Hey, where's Jesus? Jesus, don't you care? People kind of wake up when the storm comes. But I'm asking you that Jesus Christ gave it all. And I'm asking the church of Jesus Christ to give back to the Lord what he's given you and to give your all back to him. This week when I was reading on Peter and I was thinking about Peter and how Peter denied the Lord three times. You know, it's not enough for the Lord to, it's not enough for the Lord to say, I love you. Are y'all with me today? It's not enough for the Lord to say, I love you. He wants to hear you say it back. The Lord really hit me with that this week. 
God loved us first. He loved us foremost. But when he got ready to leave and go back to heaven, he said to Peter, he said, Peter, you love me? Lord, you know I do. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I do. Peter, do you love me? He says he was exasperated. He couldn't understand why God kept asking him that. I want to ask you today, church, do you love him? Do you love him first and foremost? Do you love him more than money? Do you love him more than your job? Do you love him more than relationships? Do you love him more than activities? Do you love him more than you love this world? Do you love him? I keep hearing the Lord say, do you love me? Do you love me? And I wonder if I'm hearing him say that, there must be like a question. Because love is an action. You can tell what people value by the action they put to to it. You can tell what people value. You You give me your bank account, I can tell you what you value. You show me, you write out your time, and I can show you what you value. You, 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 it's easy to see what you value. And I want you to ask yourself today, what do you value? Is Jesus Lord? Have I truly threw my coat down so that it could be something that Jesus walked over? Have I truly, Paul said, that that he gave his life as a drink offering to the Lord. And what that meant with drink offering is um, back in the day of David, David represents Jesus. Is everybody with me? When you read in the Old Testament and it talks about David, David represents as a type of Jesus Christ. He's a shadow. The Old Testament is types and shadow. Jesus Concealed in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus in the New Testament. Is everybody with me on that? So David said this. He said, Oh, man, I wish I could have a fresh drink of water from the wells in Bethlehem. His three mighty men went like this. His Larry Nacelli, his Paul, are you a mighty man? His Jason, his Ray, his Paul, his Doug, my Lord wants a drink. From the wells of Bethlehem. They ran away and they grabbed their swords and they kind of snuck out. They snuck out of the camp. And you know what they did? They ran to Bethel and they pulled their swords out and they fought their way in 
to this big garrison or this stronghold that Satan had. They, they fought and they beat the crowds down and they fought their way in to this place of, of, of water. And two of them were holding them off, fighting. The other one was dipping down and getting the drink. And then they put the drink in they went back to the camp. And they bowed their knee and they said, My Lord, you wanted water from the wells of Bethlehem. Here's water. Lordship. They put their life down. They laid their life down for their king. They laid the garments on the ground that day as he triumphed into the city of the coronation. They laid their lives down. David, it was so precious to David, or a type of Christ, that he took the water and he poured it out on the ground as a worship or an offering to Yahweh, the great God Almighty. Paul even said in Philippians, he said, man, what if, what if you guys don't make it to heaven and if all my work's been a labor, it's been in vain? And then he's like, no, it's not. Because I decided a long time ago, Paul said, that Jesus is my Lord. And whatever he wants, I give it to him. And Paul said, I pour my life out as a drink offering daily. Poured out. Poured out. Lordship. I felt the Lord say on this triumphal entry, it, it, it's, 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 save us, O oh God. Lord, save us. Save me now. But you know, right after Paul was saved in Acts chapter 9, Paul was knocked off his horse and was blind. Have you ever thought about what the first words out of Paul's mouth was? After he heard Jesus say, why do you keep fighting against me? Why don't you start working with me here? Let's, do, let's be partners. Let me save you, Paul. Paul gave his heart to the Lord. All right. You know the first thing that came out of Paul's mouth was? What would you have me to do? Lord, what would you have me to do? So when they laid down those palm branches and when they did that, it was a coronation of lordship. It was a coronation of bowing down to our king of kings. And then it says, they said, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I want to move to the second point, and that's a coronation of worship. Guys, I want us to grow as a church on how we express worship. Because I believe that worship or our love, worship is like adoration. It's our love. It's our it's our expression back to Him. Now, I want to give you a few ways that you can express your worship back to the Lord. One way you can express your worship back to the Lord is what we just did for 20 minutes, where we sing. People have gotten worship backwards to where they think worship's supposed to put a tingle on your backbone and give you chills, and that you're supposed to enjoy the presence of the Lord. That's a, that's a byproduct of it, but worship is to the one who deserves our worship, first and foremost. Okay? It's not about if you like the song or if you feel it or wished we was not singing so long. It, it's about, hey guys, me and Bill was talking this week. Do you know the, the hardest thing for a man to do is what, Bill? 
It's hard to talk. It's hard to express how you feel. It's hard for us men to do that. It's hard for men. But yet, Bill, I thought about that when you told me that. I thought about that a lot, actually. And the thing, the thing that's... The, 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 the thing that's ironic about that is men need it the most. Uh, men need affirmation. The, the, the love language that most men need is affirmation, and they need to feel respected or, or needed. All right? Well, that happens through communication. A man can't do that very good. And brothers and sisters, when it comes to Worship God. I'm talking about praise with the music and with singing. I want us as a church to be a church that really praises God. That claps to Him. That shouts to Him. It really bothers me when sports figures get more attention than God from our heart. It really bothers me the exciting dance and the joy that comes with secular music. And we can't get excited about God's music. I, I want us to start expressing our worship to God. Uh, it would help men and women in your, in your marriage. It would help to communicate a little more. It would help to communicate how you feel. It would com- help to communicate your, ad- your adoration, your, your love. Communicate that to your wife. Communicate that to her. Kendall, we got we to gotta communicate. Men, we got to communicate. How we feel about our wives. Wives, communicate how you feel about your husbands. Church, communicate how you feel about God. I love you, God. I bow my knees to you, God. I I cry when I think about your goodness, God. I lift my hands up and say majesty to you. I'm not ashamed of you. You're worthy. That's an expression of worship. They were expressing worship on this time. Another way, the greatest expression of love is time. You will give your time to what you value. Time is a precious gift because we all have how much of it? How much do we all have? And when we share it, we're actually sharing our time. Uh, we're sharing a part of ourselves. You know, the Bible says that talk is cheap. My children, our love should not be with just words. Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, really? Oh, I love Jesus. I love to talk about Jesus. Oh, really? It must be true if it shows in action. 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 Here's another way that you can worship. You can that you can worship. One by the praise. Two by giving of your time. Three uh, serving is a spiritual act of worship. Today, when we took time and gave you an opportunity to serve, that's a type of worship. Paul said this. He said, he said, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He has done to, for you. Let them. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly a great way to worship him. So giving of yourself, giving of your time, serving is a way to worship. I almost raised my hand a while ago. 
to serve in children's church to prove something. Because I always hear, oh, I can't miss church. Well, I can't miss the preaching. I, I got to... I feel like I can miss church. In fact, I may just do it. I may serve in children's church once a month to, to be an example to the body that we all need to serve. Brothers and sisters, it's great to have a church. It's great to have a family. But how many knows that with a family comes responsibility and everybody say chores? Does anybody like washing the dishes? Does anybody like uh, doing laundry? Does anybody like cleaning the house? Does anybody like mowing the yard? Does, does anybody like, I mean, we do it. But brothers and sisters, and the other reason serving is so important is because that's the example of our Lord. He came not to be served. He came to serve. And brothers and sisters, I believe something that I fear, and I choose that word, fear. Something that I fear is that the modern day church becomes a consumer church and not a contributing church. That it becomes all, the world is already self-absorbed. The world is already so self-occupied and so into itself. It's, that's the world we live in. We got to go against the current, brothers and sisters. Are y'all with me today? Say amen. amen. I want to do this because I worked real hard on this, and I believe that the Lord gave this to me. But the um, the the we talked about the way we we we, really we did the first two points. I really wanted to do this because I felt power in this. We talked about how the coronation started with the disciples. And then it went to the town. Are y'all with me? It's like a road that started. The road started in Jerusalem, and that's what we're celebrating, that, this road. I want everybody to picture a road that's just starting to be built. And every palm branch signifies somebody that cried out, Save me, O oh God! Every, every garment on the ground was somebody that said, Jesus, you are just not a Savior. You are Lord of my life. You have Lordship in my life. You are a part of that coronation. That coronation started 2,000 years ago, but just a few short centuries passed since Palm Sunday. Many more joined the coronation ceremony. Rome was declared a Christian empire by Constantine. Greece became a source of Christian culture. Egypt became the foundation for Christian learning. Augustine from Africa laid the foundation for Christian theology. Multitudes, the road was growing and they followed saying, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A thousand more years passed in history. The coronation continued to move northward. Salvation has conquered new lands that were unknown to the early disciples. Men and women, boys and girls, came, began to love the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Franks, the Saxons, the Celts, Russians, and Scandinavians began to throw their palm trees down, began to throw their coats down, and the coronation saying, Blessed, Hosanna, save us, O God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And again, as another cycle of centuries rolled around, 
Pagan nations began to come to the Lord, to the king. The coronation continued. Men and women from every walk of life, colored creed, bearing witness to the never-failing power of God. The crusades brought Jesus eastward. The soldiers, a thousand times ten thousand strong, carried the banner with the cross on their shield eastward as an unnumbered host of crusaders marched through, through Europe to continue this road. The scholar brought tribute of learning to the master's feet. The church led education through the dark ages. Artists with brushes painted stories on canvas. With pen, countless books have been written. With with chisels, great masterpieces of long-forgotten prophets can be remembered and enjoyed. With trial, beautiful buildings and cathedrals and, and churches have been built to our king. Aspiring hearts of worship and song go forth from the lips of the hearts and hands of all the people, of the multitudes going forth, they're continuing to cry out, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The coronation continued through missionaries from past centuries. Carrie, a shoemaker, left sewing soles of shoes in England to save souls in India. Judson, the American, the American student, left the jungles of the college life and went to the jungles of Burma. Morrison went and preached to the dragons of China. Patton was the cannibals uh, of the islands in Pacific. Livingston faced the diseases of dark Africa. John G. Lake reported over 500,000 documents of, he- of healings. Wesley started the Methodist churches. Finney's and Whitfield's and Wigglesworth and Lutherans have, rang their, have ran their leg in the race. They've done their part in this race. They've laid their palms down. They've laid their, 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 their coats down. They, they've, they've joined this coronation and this process, and they've said, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I believe that the church's greatest hour is ahead of us. And I believe that men and women, boys and girls in church on the rock, are going to throw their palms down, are going to throw their allegiance down, and throw their garments down. Today, I believe that people that have been playing patty cake with Jesus will say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You're not just Savior. You are King of my life. I believe that people who have been thinking about being a a follower of Jesus Christ today will say, save me today. Save me today. I'm not ashamed to say I need saved. The Bible says that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. I pray, will somebody in this church get humble in spirit? Will somebody in this church get humble in prayer and say, Lord, we can't but you can. Let's get to your business, oh God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Where's the, where's the people that'll say thy kingdom come? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Where are the young people that'll say that's my school? Those are my students. Those are my teachers. Where's our people that'll say that's my neighborhood? That's my workplace. That's my community. Will somebody be the man or the woman of God that he's called us to be because this is the great coronation that must continue. I feel that with all my heart. Praise be to God. 
Praise be to God. There's no time to feel depressed. There's no time to feel ashamed. There's no time. Depression is when you're looking behind, backwards. Anxiety is when you're looking forward and you're afraid of what's coming forward. But peace comes with the Prince of Peace. And when you hook up with him, you're going to be fine. I feel in my spirit that some of you are hanging your head. Oh, I failed God. Uh, I'm I'm convicted. I don't like being convicted. I'm feeling condemned. I'm feeling judged. And yeah, I feel in the spirit of the message. The message is to encourage and to stir us up and make us take retrospection and reflection. It is never, it is never to put you down. It is never to say you're not enough. Trust me, I've been down that road. God needs you. I gotta, I, I, I gotta say this scripture. Put Revelation 7, 9 through 10. We're talking about a coronation that began 2,000 years ago. In this holy week that we are celebrating. This is a holy week that we are celebrating. We're a part of a tradition. Tradition is good. There is good tradition. We are a part of that tradition. Of that coronation. But look where this coronation's final destination is. This blew my mind when the Lord showed me this this week. In Revelation 7, 9, it says, After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and people and tribe. Well, i got to quit looking at that. Tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb of God. They were clothed in white robes, that's us, church, and they held, is that not crazy? Grab your palm branches. (laughs) If you don't have a palm branch, we need some palm branches, ushers. We need some palm branches. If you don't have a palm branch, stand up. Stand up if you don't have a palm branch. We need some. Karen, we got to see you run, girl. <laughs> I've seen you run when Jay's chasing you. Yeehaw! <laughs> Come on, get those palm branches. I want every person to have a palm branch today. Every person. Maybe you need two. If you need, if you're having a tough week, tell them, go get two. We, Karen, give them two or three. Just start giving them everywhere. Throw them all over the place. My goodness, we need more. Give me some palm branches. Hey, give me a palm branch, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I want some palm branches. <laughs> Well, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord our God. Woo! Oh, I was blind, but now I see. I was full of sin and shame, but Jesus set me free. Woo! Come on! Oh, will you praise him? Oh, will 
you've never asked Jesus into your heart at some point we're going to start singing again I just want you to step out of your seat and I want you just to come and put your palm on this front here signifying that you want Jesus to save you I want you to come out of your seat and to do that and I, when I see some of these palms down here that's going to let me know I need to say a prayer and when you get back to your seat, I'm going to say a prayer for you to be saved. And you're going to be saved today. You're going to be saved today. All right? So if your heart's beating fast and you really know you're supposed to do it, just swallow real big and do it. Amen, Walter. Are you coming? Lay that down, Walter. Somebody give him a hand. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. 
You want to stay? Anybody? Sing that song again. Thank you, Lord. Majesty. Come on. Forever I will sing for your love. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, man. Chad. Chad, take some time with him. Oh, majesty. Hey, look right here. Tim and Linda, grab these people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Way to go, Scott. Way to go. Yes, Lord. Come on, anybody else. Save me, oh God. Save me, God. Blessing and man. Hey, looky right there. Out of way, buddy. Josh. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just as I am, yes, Lord. Here's the other thing. The scripture said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And a while ago, I thought, Lord, that was like the biggest point, and I forgot to preach, and the Lord said, No, you didn't. I wanted it at the end. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus came to fulfill every name of God. His name is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord. At the name of Jesus, cancer has to die. At the name of Jesus, sickness and disease has to give up their chain of reign in people's lives. At the name of Jesus, if you're addicted to pornography, or you're addicted to alcohol, or you're addicted to drugs, uh, uh, if you're self-medicating, Jesus can set you free. If you need healing, he's Jehovah Rophe. If you need deliverance, he's the deliverer. If you need emotional healing, he's the healer. So I want everybody, we're still in that mode, save me, oh God. Save me from this sickness. Save me from these chains of despair. Save me from this depression. Save me from this anxiety. You need to bring your palm. Prayer team, I want you to come up. You got two choices. You can bring your palm and just lay it and go back, or you can bring your palm and then go have the prayer team pray for you. But let's declare that. Here we go. If you need healing, the prayer team's here. Come on, prayer team. In fact, I we hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.